Watching any sport is a hell of a lot more exciting when you got a little something-something riding on the game. But what happens when the season is over? At my bookie, there is no off-season. NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, NHL, boxing, heck, table tennis, MMA, and more. If they got it, you can bet it. If the games are being played, the line is on the board at my bookie. Just remember, where you bet, though, is every bit as important, if not more so than what you're betting on. That's why I tell all my friends to go to mybookie.ag. Oh, but my state just approved it. There's a big whatever, or these guys are in the market. Nah, Johnny come latelys. You want to trust them? Trust the bookie I've been working with for years, my bookie. My bookie has been ahead of the game for years now. And why does it matter? Oh, I don't know. Maybe a million reasons. Better lines, better payouts, less rules. You name it. Plus, you get a bonus with me at mybookie.ag. Use promo code CHARLIE, ZULU, Alpha, Bravo, Echo. That's promo code ZABE. And get your deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. That's a free cash bonus for making your deposit. Use promo code ZABE to claim the offer. You bet, you win, and most importantly, you get paid with mybookie.ag. You've heard me talk about Tacovas, the company carrying on all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots. Well, longtime listener Jeremy emailed me to say, Zabe, I was on a work trip to Austin, knew about Tacovas from the podcast, stopped into the store. Next thing you know, I've got a damn good pair of boots and I'm looking sharp with a nice buzz to boot. Giddy up. Tacovas believes in Western for all. And you can feel that when you stop in one of their stores and get custom fitted for a new pair of boots. If you can't make it into the store, Tacovas delivers the most premium quality and the most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit Tacovas.com. That's T E C O V A S.com and point your toes west. And as a special opportunity for our listeners, Tacovas has said they will throw in one of their best selling trucker hats or ball caps for free into any minimum purchase of $100 at Tacovas.com. Just use promo code ZABE. That's promo code Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo at checkout. It's a $30 value and they sell out fast. Only at Tacovas.com. Today on the ZabeCast, UConn crushes the Aztec Rebellion and cuts down the nets for the fifth time since 1999. But are they a dynasty? We'll discuss. Caitlin Clark has taken the high road on Angel Reese. Why trash talk is like your mom's definition of pornography, plus special guest Danny B on Masters Gambling Favorites and Sleepers. Your bonus 45-minute edition of Pure Me is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go! Here we go! Wednesday, April 5th, 2023. Thank you for downloading. We have a big, busy podcast today, so let's get right to it. Here was Jim Nance signing off from the Final Four after 32 years of the best damn seat in the house. We're at a loss. We're, we're at a loss. We're at a loss for sure. The GOAT. Let's remember him. One thing I learned through all of this is everybody has a dream and everybody has a story to tell. Just try to find that story 
be kind. You've told it better than most, let me tell you. Can I tell you one other thing? I mean this, not to try to play off hello friends, but to you, everybody in the college game, my CBS family, my family, all the viewers, thank you for being my friend. And there it was. Uh, that is a classy sign-off right there. Uh, took a moment to recognize that this was a major, major passing of the torch and a change in broadcast presentation and not too much about him, which is great. I will miss Jim Nance. Not that I am not an Iron Eagle fan. I am. I'm looking forward to uh, Iron doing the games. He's outstanding. But the thing about Nance signing off is that you know, it sort of closes the book on what had been and has been, I shouldn't say had, but what has been a wonderful thing for me as a sports fan in life, the tournament. Jim Nance has been the voice of, he has been the special sauce, if you will, of this wonderful sports thing in a sports world, which seemingly is getting worse and worse, click by click, year by year turn by turn. The tournament has swum upstream, I think, against the tide for the most part. It remains, along with the Masters, which we'll talk about uh, here in a second, still one of the great, I don't want to say pure things, but one of the great few honest things still left out there. And so when Nance signs off, kind of hits a lot of us right here, who are Nance fans. Others not so sentimental. Others not so much fans of Hello Friends. But uh, welcome, Ian Eagle and Jim Nance. You'll still be on NFL football on CBS on Sundays, and you'll still be calling the Masters. Your charmed life, my friend, shall continue uh, unabated, just with a little bit less work in the month of March. Of course, when I talk about these things, these pages that turn and these chapters that close in your life, whether it's a major chapter with something personal in your life, a relationship, a marriage, a job, your family, losing people, it reminds me of the line from Any Given Sunday by the coach, Al Pacino, who, I mean, ridiculously miscast in a way, but then again, perfect as well who had this little line in his big speech at halftime to the team. You know, when you get old in life, things get taken from you. I mean, that's, that's, that's part of life. I don't think I really fully understood that 20, 25 years ago when I was a younger man. But now you get to the age of 54 and you start to realize that even though I am incredibly blessed with having three of my four parents, one of my two in-laws and both my parents still alive, and, and doing quite well, all things considered. So, but yes, the thing's being taken away. So now Nance has been taken away, which leaves a bit of a sadness in your heart. There was a lot of ugly in college basketball at times this year. Not a lot, but there was some. Obviously, the Alabama situation was one of those. And those that say the NIL money and the portal is killing college basketball, killing college sports... There's still something to be said for the portal because here was San Diego State's Matt Bradley on the podium after the loss talking about how much of a godsend Coach Brian Dutcher was to him as he was a transfer from Cal 
And it all stemmed from the pandemic. When I entered the portal and came here, you know, uh, I was really like during that time with COVID and stuff, I was I was really ready to just stop playing. You know, like, I, I told myself I was just like, you know what, man, it's been tough. Like, let's just go home and get a job and, you know, call, call the day. You'll be all right. But, uh, you know, Coach Dutch, he's one of the most genuine guys I've ever met. And uh, the way he just took me in, and, you know, the brotherhood and these guys and actually having real leadership that I can follow. Uh, it just, you know, it changed the directory of my life for sure. And uh, it's more than just basketball, you know, so I'm crying up here and stuff. But, uh, you know, I'm just really thankful for Coach Dutch and everybody that played a part in my move here going to San Diego State. So, yeah, that's how I feel. Yeah, that's good shit right there, isn't it? Remember, we were told these kids are resilient. They'll they'll be okay. Don't worry about you know closing down down schools, making them sit in front of Zoom screens for hours and days and weeks and months and years at a time. They're resilient. They'll be fine. Just remember that when you hear guys like Matt Bradley talk about, I was in such a low spot coming out of the pandemic, I wanted to quit basketball. But that's the good side of the transfer portal. And I guess, I don't know if he got nil money to transfer or not, but he found a better spot for him. And boy, that was uh, a beautiful little piece of testimony right there from him in the losing effort. That's the good stuff right there. There's still so much good despite the underbelly that is always there. All right. Email's always welcome to the podcast. You can hit me up at zabe at yahoo.com. I do take constructive criticism to heart, but sometimes I get emails and I'm like, Is this a joke? Is somebody trolling me? Here's one that came in from Hunter Phillips in Charlotte, North Carolina. Very terse. No sort of gentle windup like, hey, how's it going? Been listening for a long time. Love the show. You know, just right to it. Two syllables, not three. Doesn't even say high steed. Realtor is two syllables. Realtor. Tor, not Relator. This from your 30923 podcast. Okay. It's like when my father would uh, sort of make fun, if not chide us in the house as kids, when we would say nuclear. It's not nuclear, it's nuclear. Nuclear. That's still three syllables. Nuclear. One, two, three. Nuclear is three as well, but it's a mispronunciation. Also, Hunter Phillips said, when you're with Carol Maloney on the pod, you sound like a horny, creepy guy. Not a good look. I love the show. Sincerely, Hunter in Charlotte, North Carolina. Oh, okay. I'm going to take the last one there. I love the show, and I'll take that to heart. Uh, the other two, I guess he's a realtor and doesn't like me saying realtor. Realtor. Get a realtor. Get a realtor. And I will try to tone it down with Carol. Carol's going to join us on the Capital Golf Gang this week, which is going to be fun because uh, she's funny, always brings good stuff to the table, and is a very good golfer. Period. Full stop. Not even, she's a good golfer for a woman. (laughs) 
No, she's an athlete. <laughs> Basketball player from Iowa. Oh, going to have to definitely put a quarter in her jukebox on Caitlin Clark, even though it's a golf show and we're going to be doing it at Golfdom on Wednesday. Thank you, Hunter. And yes, Realtor, 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 Realtor. Now to the other side of feedback. There is stuff like this that reaffirms me, like this one from Dr. Todd, the heart doctor to the stars in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Steve, I just want to say thank you for all the great hashtag content you put out each week. The biggest piece of advice I've received from my father is, quote, take pride in everything you do, no matter how small the task may be. You clearly take pride in everything you do from the sound quality, F Scott and Solly, laughing emoji, because they, they're okay. Ah, this is good enough. To sound bites, to topics, etc. You're just, despite your statements to the contrary, and even though I even thought the show from Mexico post Super Bowl was awesome, you should do more shows hungover. Eh, I don't know about that. Anyway, this week's Capital Golf Gang is what brought this topic to mind for me regarding quality and the pursuit of excellence. It's such a great show, such a great relaxing listen. I don't even golf anymore, and I still listen every week. Hope you're getting out there to knock the little white pill around. Take care, Dr. Todd. Well, doctor, I appreciate it. And uh, that's the kind of stuff that makes me say, yes, there are people out there saying, I do appreciate the quality. I know that you're insisting and you're pushing for the best you can possibly make it. So with that, we'll keep on keeping on. If 2024 is the year you're jetting off to a new country, or even just want to expand your language skills beyond English, then I urge you to check out Rosetta Stone today. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program for over 30 years. Why? Because it works. Instead of drilling vocabulary words, with Rosetta Stone you learn by matching audio, from native speakers to visuals, reading stories, participating in dialogues, and other practical language skills that fast-track your ability to communicate fluently. Not only is it a more effective way to learn, it's more fun. Rosetta Stone's advanced voice recognition technology gives you feedback on how well you pronounce words. Other language learning apps use speech recognition to detect what you said. Rosetta Stone tells you how well you said it. Rosetta Stone offers 25 languages with lessons available on your computer, phone, or tablet. And with a lifetime membership, you get forever access to all the lessons for all the languages and never pay a renewal fee. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, ZabeCast listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. You know, we're driven by the search for better. When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't help you just hire faster. 93% of employers agree. Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. This according to a recent Indeed survey. 
Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Zabe. Just go to Indeed.com slash Zabe right now and support the show by saying you heard about it right here on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Zabe. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Watching any sport is a hell of a lot more exciting when you got a little something-something riding on the game. But what happens when the season is over? At my bookie, there is no off-season. NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, NHL, boxing, heck, table tennis, MMA, and more. If they got it, you can bet it. If the games are being played, the line is on the board at my bookie. Just remember, where you bet, though, is every bit as important, if not more so than what you're betting on. That's why I tell all my friends to go to mybookie.ag. Oh, but my state just approved it. There's a big whatever, or these guys are in the market. Nah, Johnny come latelys. You want to trust them? Trust the bookie I've been working with for years, my bookie. My bookie has been ahead of the game for years now. And why does it matter? Oh, I don't know, maybe a million reasons. Better lines, better payouts, less rules, you name it. Plus, you get a bonus with me at mybookie.ag. Use promo code CHARLIE, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo. That's promo code ZABE. And get your deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. That's a free cash bonus for making your deposit. Use promo code ZABE to claim the offer. You bet, you win, and most importantly, you get paid with mybookie.ag. Let's change gears and put a bow on March Madness, and ask Mr. X to reveal the three best picks he made for his subscribers for the season baseball totals, which are not a guarantee to go 3-0, but history says there's a pretty, pretty good chance. My name is Lena. What's your name? Uh, probably shouldn't say. Mr. X, then. Mr. X, can you play chess? No. I can. My daddy taught me. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. How about yourself? Not too bad. I enjoyed your pod today. I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> For what it's worth. Uh, I like For what day. it's worth. Yeah, for once, I liked your pod today. For once. What I meant is, for what it's worth, as in what do I know, but I just thought it was a really good take on the whole LSU thing. I thought that was pretty on target. You cannot untangle the racial elements from yeah, this story. It's just impossible to do that. But today, Caitlin Clark was on ESPN, Outside the Lines, and not only said that you know, hey, I'm a I'm White House. We're not going to go to the White House. That's LSU's moment, and that uh, she wasn't upset at Caitlin Clark, not mad at her now, or not uh, sorry, Angel Reese, not upset at Angel Reese, uh, wasn't mad at the time, and said that's the kind of you know chirp and trash talk that goes back and forth, and that uh, she's a big fan of Angel Reese's. So there you go. So maybe this thing will fizzle now. What do you think? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know anything about it. I didn't know we were live. <laughs> well, you, now you know we're live. I was going to do a rolling like entry. Now you know we're live. What would you okay. like to offer a live opinion on this? Uh, no, I, you know what? I, <laughs> You're like, I no, know. I don't need the smoke. That's all right. I'll take no, it for everybody. No, just, everybody has a, every, you know, I've, I've argued this stuff for years with my kids. Everybody has a different view 
on unsportsmanlike behavior and taunting and winning games by 50 and all that stuff. They're not right or wrong. I, I know what I think when I coached, and I know how I tried to teach kids sportsmanship, and I know that everybody doesn't agree. I just want to disagree without it always crossing into, you know. Racial lines? Yeah. It's, it's, we well, can disagree without um, it always being that. That's un, what I un, want. I want uh, well, to disagree. I, would, I, I want sports to bring us together. As a people, that was the plan. Black, white, and everything in between, and it, it does to a large extent. But it's yeah. it's just it's, it's part of the business model of many elements in the media. And the worst offender is ESPN. The worst offender sure. is ESPN, oh, yeah. and they're the biggest offender. They're the they're the biggest entity still, even though they sure. aren't what they once were. They are the worst offender, and so they. Uh, really poison the bloodstream a lot with this stuff, but yeah. it, it well, draws eyeballs. It draws viewers. It's good business, even though it's bad for the soul. Yeah, it's gotta be. And I, I think what probably what obviously makes everything a whole lot worse is social media, et cetera. I mean, when I first saw that, I was like, Hey, they both did it. What's the big deal? Uh, I didn't like uh, the LSU girl, which the way she acted, I it mean. was too much and I, from her. Yeah, and I oh way too much, and then I saw Caitlin, and I and I said oh she asked for it, and I'm like wait a minute, that's versus Louisville. Well, that's the thing the the logic oh, of it was Louisville. not did not hold up in no. terms. And of... then the point is, so many people immediately spout off what they think is right, and then you wonder later they're like oh shoot it wasn't even the same game. No, but the damage is done and. No. There's no damage. No, there's no damage because more people know who Caitlin Clark is now. That's good for her. She'll be back probably in the Final Four next year, I'm imagining. Not that I've scouted women's basketball, but I think with her, they got a good shot of going again. And Angel Reese is going to make $2 million in nil money because she has leaned into the whole, this is for all the girls who are hood rats like me, and maybe you you don't look the way you're supposed to look, but don't worry, I'm your voice, I'm your champion. And there's money in that, so I guess good for her. Yeah, I guess. I just, it's just, you know, the, if there was one story I used in my life the most with small children in my house, was the boy who cried wolf. You know, the, when you when you when you cry wolf all the time, sooner or later they ignore you. And so I just want ah, when these cards are played. Ah, ah, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Today's boy has a financial incentive to cry wolf and he gets paid to cry wolf and clicks and views and downloads go with him crying wolf. So there, th- he's going to keep making money over and over again. By the way, I'm not calling Angel Reese a hood rat. She's saying that's what some people said about yeah. her. I am not personally calling her that. That's the phrase that she had said uh, she had been stung by earlier. Let me just go ahead and hear uh, Caitlin Clark. And then you have a thought on when things changed for taunting in sports. You you have it pinned in history. First of all, here's Angel er, uh, Caitlin Clark on ESPN's Outside the Lines. You know, no matter which way it goes, um, you know, she should never be criticized for what she did. Um, you know, I'm just one that competes and she competed. So um, I think everybody knew there was going to be a little trash talk in the entire tournament. It's not just me and Angel. So, um, you know, I don't think she should be criticized, like I said. 
Um, LSU deserves it. They played so well. And like I said, I'm a big fan of hers. You think the focus on... Well, there you go. That ought to put an end to it, at least for now. Yeah. So there you go. Oh, yeah. When did... take the over. When... Okay, well, yeah. <laughs> well, the good thing about the over is when it's over, it's <laughs> over. All right, so when did trash talking change in sports, you think, for good? Well, I, I don't know about for good or bad, whatever. I, not for good, not I mean, when did it change uh, for the rest of time? To me, I, I've taught it this way. Forever, it was all about respect and opponents, et cetera. And the first person that changed the game for me in the mid-'80s was wide receiver Michael Irvin at the University of Miami. He was the first guy that every time he'd catch a 12-yard pass for a first down, he'd get up and signal and demonstrate. And everyone's like, what is that? You know, nobody had ever done that. It was, you know, play the game till it's over. It's just a first down. And he started it. And he was the most demonstrative person. And at the time, of course, anytime you're first, a lot of people don't like it, and that's fine. Um, it was like, really, dude, it's a first down. But that he was the first one. And then the next one that changed it um, was Chris Carter on the Vikings, wide receiver. He, he was the first and the best at what I call begging for the P.I. flag. And <laughs> it used to be you respected. You didn't do anything. And as soon as you threw the ball Carter's way and there was anything, he'd immediately look and he knew how to immediately ask for the flag and he'd get it. And after watching that, you're like, you know, to this day, I swear to God, I would teach these receivers the art of how and when to beg for it. If you're late, it's too late. If you do it timely, you get that flag. If you're good at doing it right at the right after the contact and timely get it you know and carter was the first one to do that and before that you know it wasn't done you know then the nfl outlawed all the celebrations the fun bunch and everything but then they brought it back when they were trying to boost the fun and i'll never forget it was actually the dano's child oldest child that taught me this 30 years ago when i we old guys like me would say it's a first down you're losing by 24 and you celebrate yeah what are you doing? And he looked at us, and this is how kids in this generation think. He said, I finished a real successful drawing today at work, but I shouldn't celebrate because my company's losing money this year. <laughs> and that's their attitude is, I got a first down. We're losing, but I'm happy. And yeah. you know what? I Ever since then, I'm like, okay, that's how they work. That's how they work. So you accept that? You think that's okay? No, my point is... I don't have to accept it. That's how they think. And they think differently than I do. And well, they're wrong. Well, they're wrong and they need to be taught and molded Mm, and told to fucking get with adulthood. Spoken like, yeah. Okay. When I tried, for example, uh, I remember earlier this year, there was a college game first and goal on the one FSU throws a pitch out and guy drops it for a turnover. And I'm like, my attitude is you're you're inside the one. Run the ball. Why are you pitching it out? And everyone says, why pitch? And X2 looks at me and goes, that's your generation. My generation says, catch the goddamn pitch out. <laughs> well, your generation <laughs> sucks compared to well, our generation. Your well, generation is fragile and emotionally crippled. Your generation hasn't done shit. Your generation, if we ever get into a war, God forbid, 
will fucking lose in 10 minutes flat. So fuck <laughs> no, your generation. Stop blaming the coach for throwing a pitch out. The pitch out was right there. Catch the ball. So my point is I always try to learn how people think a little differently than me. It's okay. But, you know. Well, it's fine to understand how they think. I still think exactly. you should. I think still think you should guide them, try, try to guide them in a better direction. Also, your analogy about, you know, in, at work, I did a great project, and even though my company's losing money, anytime you make an analogy from sports to a regular business, I don't care what it is, it, your analogy's over. It's a loss. There is no comparison. Sports is unique unto itself. All that matters is the team and the score and you winning. There's nothing else that matters in sports at the end of the day, yes, you want to be sportsman-like along the way, but that's the goal of everything. So it doesn't matter if you individually made a great play, your team lost, so it doesn't matter. Unless you were born in the last 27 years. I guess. <laughs> I guess. You can feel proud of how you played, the effort you gave, and that great catch you made down 35 points. But to celebrate it, to aggrandize yourself, as if, hey, forget this main goal of our team winning. Look at me, 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 and what I did. No, you're missing the point. But whatever. Well, I, well, I agree with that. I just, you know, I see how. I know. But to me, me personally, it always comes down to. I have come around to the idea of excel, uh, uh, celebrating, exuberance, happiness, having fun, bat flipping. I've come around to bat flipping. It's okay. How it's much never, bad flipping? It's never okay to taunt an opponent, in my opinion. It's you know it, you can be as happy as you want to, and you can go do an end zone celebration, and I don't have to like it, and that's fine. But to to you know that's why the, and the NFL actually does that now. You know you you stare at the guy the wrong way after a sack, and they say that's not sportsmanlike. You can celebrate, you just can't taunt the opponent. And I have to admit, I, I kind of like that part. Well, there, that's good though. Yeah. Yeah. All right, but, but on bat flipping, on, on bat flipping, how much flipping are you okay with? That's the thing. Bat flipping and other celebrations are like pornography. It all depends on what you consider it to be. Hell, yeah, Tech Schramm used to think that the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders were pornographic. Or no, who was Landry. It? La- Landry, yeah. Landry oh, thought that the, that the Cowboy cheerleaders were pornographic. And he had to be pulled aside and shown Debbie Does Dallas five seconds of it and said, <laughs> this is porno. That yep. The cheerleaders are not. Oh, okay, I get it. So, yeah, I agree. A simple, quick bat flip, fine. I think if you were to ride the bat like a pony all the way down to first base as after you hit a home run, that's excessive. Now, now somewhere in between the two is everyone's personal line, right? Yeah, well, as long as it comes down and it doesn't hurt anyone, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> the bat, as long as the bat doesn't hurt anyone, bat flip to the moon, basically. Yeah, I don't. I, I've come around. I, that stuff doesn't bother me. I do not like disrespecting and being, you know, taunting opponents. But I, I don't care about the celebrations anymore. I, I like the guys, you know, jumping in the little boats in the end zone or whatever. Who cares? It's yeah. Just it's not worth worrying about anymore. All right, so let's uh, let's talk about the uh, championship game. UConn pulls oh. away. I did read uh, your write-up before the game to your subscribers at callmemrx.com, and you pretty much nailed it. You said, I love UConn. I love them as a two-parter. Bet the first half, and then if you want to maybe dip back for more if that comes home, you can bet the minus 7.5, although it could be 
a bit of a backdoor cover, and that's how it was looking with five minutes to go because it was a five-point game. I was like, son of a bitch. But then they pulled away, and they covered both ends of it. The first half line, I think, was three and a half, UConn? Three and a half or four, yeah. Okay, they covered that easily. And UConn not only wins their fifth title, but they cover and they win every game by double digits. One of only five teams since the tournament expanded to eighty in nineteen eighty five to sixty four teams or more. But they covered all six games, and that, my friends, is the real championship yes. of the world. Yeah, that's that. I mean, what I think the uh, Miami game was thirteen. That was their closest one. Yeah, it's crazy. They so I- so UConn has now won five titles. Three of them with the legendary curmudgeon Jim Calhoun, not a dime back. One with Kevin Ollie, who I don't know what he's doing now. Is he yep. coaching somewhere, Kevin Ollie? You got me. Nowhere that I know. I'm going to look I it would- up right now and see what he's doing. Kevin Ollie, coach, see where he is at. E- oh, my God. <laughs> he's He's the head coach for Overtime Elite a professional basketball league co-founded by Dan Porter and Zach Wiener for top players between 16 and 18 years old. Yeah. That's amazing. Won a national championship, played in the NBA for a long time, and then now he's doing this. That's tough. Life comes at you fast, I guess. And now they do it with Danny Hurley. Um, Is it better? Now they had eight missed tournament years in that run starting in 99 with the first Calhoun title. Does that make UConn a dynasty? You're not a dynasty with different coaches and different eras. It's just some darn good teams. Right. Dynasty to me is a run in a row or in a, in an era, but different coaches over different decades, Makes them one of the better all-time programs, not not top whatever, but it's up there. Um, yeah, I don't quite understand a lot of the way they define things now. Like I, I mentioned, how um, uh, Nance was talking about how the record for most consecutive wins at the Sweet Sixteen or later was Grant Hill's Duke team with eleven. Okay, UCLA won six or seven straight titles. That's 28 wins at minimum if you don't ever lose. So, like, I, I, they keep redefining what counts. I, I can't keep track. I mean, UCLA didn't lose for six or seven straight years. So, I don't see how 11 is any record um, for Duke. And, and so, is UConn a good, you know, pro with five titles? Sure, let's put them in the top top six or eight. But I don't. I don't know that that's any. I don't know if you have dynasties in college with the kids turning over. I guess if the same coach is there, I think. I think titles. But uh, in terms of the five championships since '99, I think that is number one. I'm trying to quickly count here along the way. Florida won sure. two of them back to back. North Carolina has won one, two, three. I thought Villanova. Villanova was. has one, two. And that's it. They've got two. Okay. If you stretch it backwards to 98 to rope in Kentucky's title, they've got 98 and they've got 2012. Kansas has uh, 2022 as well as 2008. 
So, yeah, the five is the most. But weird because three different coaches, eight missed tournaments. Yeah. Interesting. Well, this was a this was a juggernaut team that had the size already, added a couple of guards by way of the transfer portal, and pretty much got a potent brew whipped up once they figured out what was wrong early in the season. They lost six of eight, and away they went. They went through the team. They went through the field like shit through a tin horn, as the saying goes. Yeah, it was great. I got a text from X2 on Sunday, and he said, you know, because he was helping me with the tournament, and we, you know, we had a bad start, but we, you know, crushed from Sweet 16 on. I think we went uh, 12 and 3 down the stretch. And he sent me a note on Sunday, and he said, Dad, I was just looking at the family um, brackets. You and I both took UConn to win it this year. Why did neither of us take them at 24 to 1? I just said that's a damn good question. Wow. I don't know. Wow, that's funny. So your uh, first two rounds uh, on your official picks to your subscribers were 21, 26, and 1. Not good. Yep. But from the Sweet 16 on in, 12 and 3. So real real good finish there. Uh, You said the non-bettable games were 4, 8, and 1. Well, then why'd you even keep track if they were non-bettable? I give everybody a pick for every game. Oh, you do? There's a category that says if you're in a pool and you need to pick somebody, take this one. But I didn't bet it, and I'm not going to. Okay. All right. So That's not well. Category. There you go. Well, your instincts are right because you, you were upside down on that pretty good. Yeah. The, the total bettable games, which was uh, 51 games, was 30, 20, and one. Yeah, after the that's that's good, uh, you know. But after the start, I'll take it. That's for sure. Yeah. So anyway, good year. That's the worst part. As soon as the tournament's over, you're like, okay, so I have to wait how long to watch these baseball totals come home? <laughs> it's a long time. I can't bet the Masters. I can't. You know what else are you gonna bet for a while? Uh, I don't like. You know, I don't know. Well, Indy five hundred. <laughs> Well, for those that are uh, that looked at the notes for today's podcast, I've got my guy Danny B ready to break down his Masters picks because he's a total degenerate, big time golfer, and was in a high stakes uh, Masters pool this evening. So he's going to give us his right. thoughts on that coming up as soon as I hang up with you in about ten minutes. Here, uh, your MLB picks. Now that the ship has left shore, I, I know. I, I don't know if you are you okay with doing this. I would like to get on record who you picked. Don't matter to me. Okay, yeah, let's do that. Just so so people can root along in a vicarious way or root against you if they want, either way. But, yeah, probably yeah. the latter. It doesn't do much good to tell out a pick that you can't play, but I don't mind. I uh, The three best picks I put out this year were number one was the Tigers to go under 69.5. I think they're god-awful. Okay. Um, in a league that's stronger than ever. The American League is strange this year in the sense that uh, – there's like 10 teams projected, and projected don't mean a lot, but there's 10 teams projected to be over 500. That seems really high to me. And two more right at it. The three teams that suck really suck. So I took um, Detroit under, and I took Oakland under 59.5 or 60. And I, I did it again. I, I, I tried and tried not to, but I took the Angels to go over 81.5. <laughs> which is my Achilles heel. I am not an Angels fan. You might think I am, but I am not. I don't care. But I, I just think they have too much talent to not finally put something together. All right, so those were your three best picks on the season totals right there. And my prop of the year was the best one. I like this one. I took uh, we t- Joey Gallo to go over 23 and a half dingers. 
Okay. Because? Because he hit a buck 60 last year. (laughs) Dude theory? He well no he as in his in his short six year maybe seven year career he's hit over two oh nine exactly once and I think it was the the COVID year short year so when the Twins signed him if this is the classic we know what we were signing you know you've had you've hit under under two hundred for six years but we want you to play for us I mean they know he's not Babe Ruth but I think he's going to bounce back now that he's out of New York he hated New York he hated everything about the city the right. team. If he's even a part-time platoon player, he he can still hit bombs. He's he's hits thirty or forty everywhere except when he played for New York, and I think he'll do it again. Uh, you know, I mean, you remember last year in New York they were auctioning off um, hitting lessons with Judge and Stanton, and they started the GoFundMe account to to give them to Joey Gallo. That's how much he hated those fans. Yeah. So yeah. I think he's gonna have bounce back. No, I'm not saying he's any good, but I I went over twenty three and a half. So those are the best. Um, baseball plays we made for this year i hope okay okay um anything else you want to talk about as uh you uh sort of uh slip off into the post tournament early part of the baseball season portion of the calendar i will say i heard your show today and i heard you talking about the pitch clock i have not been to a game i have watched on tv but usually there's multiple ones going can't say i noticed it i like the pace i like it's going the one thing i can't believe it I have not heard in all the analysis is everything's about money. If you're going to shorten these games to 215 and you're still shutting off beer in the seventh inning, that's going to cost you money. Yeah. I'm not particularly like being shut off that quickly, but um, (laughs) what are you going to do? I mean, so the owners want the game shorter, the concessions lines short. You're not going to – what they make on the ripoff concessions is huge. Now you got – you know, you show up 15 minutes late. You got an hour and 15 minutes to get beer before it closes. I'm real surprised that the owners are – how much money are you going to make marketing, whatever, TV, with a shorter game and a happier fan that you're giving up all that concession money, I think it's kind of an interesting combo. Yeah, we'll have to see if somebody is actually honest about showing their books. Like, well, here's what we lost in concessions because we were not, uh, with the games were not as long. And we, we, we were shorted on that. The funny what they do sometimes to, you know, sort of flim-flam the public, like, I found this out with the Brewers. The Brewers were bragging about their new 414 menu, which is like a $4 hot dog, a $1 drink, and like a $4 dessert item or something, you know? And I was like, oh, wow, that's really good. They're bragging about all the items. Get this for four bucks. Get this for a buck. And I said, so what were those prices before? And and the the team president for the Brewers had to admit, well, you know, we, 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 we sort of modified the portion sizes. Ah. And I'm like, aha. Uh-huh. So you're getting less. That said, I made the point for a lot of parents who just have to get their kid a hot dog. That's a reasonable trade off because your kid's not going to fucking eat the whole thing. That's a guarantee. Right? Yeah. So it, does, it doesn't matter if it's a smaller hot dog. You just have to get it for him because he's going to be bitching up a storm. You're going to take three bites and then go, oh, I'm full. 
So, yeah. you know, what does it matter? I, I didn't really have a lot of that I'm full problem in my house. <laughs> yeah, well, you, three of uh, four hungry boys uh, yeah. was the difference. Speaking of concessions, Friday I'll be at the Masters with my man Chris nice. Broussard who helps run this podcast. And he uh, uh, sent me a link to a Golf Digest article with the infamous concessions menu at the Masters, the most incredible throwback in time to 1980s era pricing on concessions and sports. You know, egg salad sandwich, buck 50, pimento cheese, the same. If you want to go luxury, pork barbecues, three bucks. A master's club is three. Uh, You're talking about soft drinks for two bucks, domestic beer for five. So they got this whole menu, right? You can buy everything on the menu for $66. Everything on the menu. I said, I'm going to go up there and I'm going to say, I'll have the board. And they'll yeah. the, so be, what? Excuse me? And I'll say, you heard me. To go, please. Just one. <laughs> and hand her 70 bucks saying, keep the change. Give me the board. I want everything. And they're still making money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, still- just, they're just like, mm-hmm. we're not. Why? It would be unseemly to make any more money. As you know. The members here at the National are quite well-to-do. They are titans of industry from far and wide around the country. We do not need to try to make money. Plus, they're making money on their cons- on their uh, merchandise tent hand over fist, over hand over fist. And by the way, I'm not buying anybody anything. Oh, you're going? Could you give me a shirt? Could you give me a hat? No. I ain't getting nobody nothing. Sandwich. No, well, actually, someone someone emailed me and said the pimento cheese sandwiches do last for four days. I hoarded a bunch of them. I'm like, eh, I don't know about that. <laughs> so, th- th- wouldn't really want to take a risk on a four day old pimento cheese sandwich. Zabe, I, I don't know. I think if, if I got two minutes to give you one good funny story, you do. All right. Since everybody's talking about sportsmanship this week, you know, I, I when. When X four was home over spring break, this he reminded me of a of a what he called it one of him and his buddies' favorite games ever. I was coaching what's called county league in eighth grade, very competitive, pretty high end. They have a rule unknown that you can't route people by more than forty, or you get suspended. <gasps> now. I get it, and I, I, I tried to prevent that rule, and I said, everything you're doing in spirit is good, but I don't like sitting at a desk looking at a box score. You know, there's a lot of guys that, let's say, do things wrong and might keep it to 30, whatever. Well, sure enough, we show up for this game. We were really good, and we were playing a team that was misplaced, wrong division, and I knew I, I knew my suspension was going to be difficult to avoid. Oh, God. So I got the kids together right before the game. And I said, guys, sometimes you look down the other end of the floor and you see a team that you say, I'm going to, we can crush these guys. And the leader of the team goes, no, we're not going to do that. We have to play hard. And I said, no, you're going to freaking crush these guys. (laughs) I said, no, not at all. This is, this is, you can, you can name your score. Any two of you can beat any five of them, but here's what we're going to do. So I made up rules for the night. I said, we're not going to waste our time. We're going to work on our flex offense. We're going to run all the way through against the zone. We're going to run through at least three ball reverses. We, we have not been doing well at it. 
three ball reverses before anyone's allowed to shoot, blah, blah, blah. So they walked the ball at no fast break. So when they walked the ball up the court, they, we used it like a practice, okay? And the kids didn't know there was a 40-point rule. They just knew I was making them work on something. Oh. Well, you know, we're killing them. We're killing them. Damned if at halftime, up 29, the opposing coach doesn't decide to come out and full court zone press us. And I look at him like, oh, so you want to up-tempo the game? I mean, come on. You know, we'd beat, one guy would beat the press, have a five-on-one, and then they'd stop and wait to see if the other kids wanted to come back and play. Oh, I mean, it was God. really hard. My assistant coach was the varsity football coach. So he kind of looked at me in the first half and goes, you know, what are you doing? And I tell him the rule of winning by 40. And he goes, the only way we don't win by 40, we're going to have to shoot in their basket soon. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we were up by like 39 in the last minute, and I'm thinking, okay, one more miss and we're golden. And sure enough, this kid on my team hits a long shot, and I'm like uh, Jackie Moon, damn you, Wisconsin, we don't have corn dogs. You know what are you doing? He puts us up 41, and a kid on their team at the buzzer hit a half court shot to cut it to 38, and I dodged it. But my wow. point is. You know, it's not hard. You know, a lot of people would say, oh, what are we supposed to do? You're supposed to not massacre kids that are placed in the wrong league. Yeah. It's not their fault. Yeah. And and we're not going to like, you know, we took that opportunity. We worked on some things and, you know, it's but it was still hard. it was still close to it was still close to oh, not avoiding it. And that oh, you have yeah. to be careful to not do it in a way that is patronizing. Exactly. Like shooting into their basket for yeah, them I, would be patronizing. I, you know what you should have told them, X? You should have told them what Stanley Hudson once famously said in the uh, TV show The Office when they had to switch places to go down to the warehouse and the office workers or the warehouse guys went up top. He told Ryan, he goes, this here is a run out the clock situation. Same as it is upstairs. This here is a run out the clock situation. Just like upstairs. <laughs> I love that fight. It's a run out the clock situation. Don't don't do anything heroic is what Stanley Hudson's message was. There you go. All right, Mr. X, uh, Godspeed and uh, safe and quick recovery for Mrs. X and her new wheels. You're going to be you're going to be fully immersed in Nurse X for the next month or so. Oh, am I ever? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Good. Is she feeling okay, relatively speaking? Yes, good. She had a hip replacement yesterday. She's, you know, I mean, it's major stuff. She's it's sore, major but... stuff, but they're really good at that surgery now. Yeah, her her vocal cords are working fine. <laughs> He's telling me what to do. That part's just fine. Seems, seems to have improved a little in that area, but now it's all yeah. good. And it's, uh, you got to do it. We'll get through it. Just be careful not to throw out your hip, people, when you're betting Mr. X's steam. And he makes you so much money. Your wallet is so heavy. Oh, I got to get a hip replacement. Mr. X is killing it right now. All right, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. Godspeed. Thanks, Take all care. Right. Of course, it wouldn't be Augusta Week without getting some sweet, sweet action on some of the players and the prop bets, the head-to-heads, all the stuff that goes with it for Masters Week. It is my pleasure to welcome on 
Danny B, the the country club de gentleman, the the Peter Millar man whore, and the guy who just got out of his master's draft at the club. Well, 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 Danny B, who'd you get in the draft? Uh, good uh, good afternoon, good evening, Stephen. Uh, <laughs> I got, I think I went with a high-low pick strategy okay. uh, with our group, and uh, we uh, were able to actually sneak in. Uh, so we have six guys on our well, six teams of two essentially. They they went down in order from best to worst, and then back up to worst. So uh, I have a team with Jose Maria. I lost my ball, uh, but. Fortunately with him, I got the Spaniard, the big fella, John Rom. Johnny Rom, right? Who's um, had a couple he's had a couple of bad finishes, but that has kind of thrown people off the scent. That if you look at his overall spring track record, you'd be crazy not to to at least give him a shot for this week. hundred percent. He's the he's the uh, uh second ranked player in the world. He's number one in the FedEx Cup. He's got three wins. He's unbelievable. Yeah. How do you not pick him? And so I got I got a good value on him. I think. All right. So what um, kind of draft was it? By the way, was it a snake draft, like a fantasy league? No, it was a auction draft. Oh, Calcutta it auction draft. Yes, it was a it was a significant Calcutta that I will uh, leave <laughs> to the imagination. Leave, leave the denominations to the imagination. Okay, so That's you got true. so you got Ram as your big purchase for your syndicate, yeah, yeah. and then you've got and very quickly. I'll give you some of the other guys, Jason Day. Uh, who I love, by the way. Uh, Australians played very well. Uh, has been gone for a while. He's twenty-two um, to one, Jason Day, which is according to this, what I'm looking at right here, DraftKings odds. Your odds may vary. Twenty-two to one is top ten, at least. Yeah, and has played very, very well. Could have won a couple of different times there. Uh, back again, playing very well lately. And uh, uh, is he I, I healthy I'll- now? With his back you know, looks, and his vertigo and everything else, he looks pretty good in the uh, in the match play. That's what I thought too. I just didn't know if there was any updates necessarily on his health. I'm glad you know, to see I that think, he's healthy. Yeah, and I think he's been. Uh, I don't know where he is. I think oh, he's nineteenth uh, on the FedEx Cup. Okay, yeah, been playing playing pretty well. Six top tens. I mean, how do you how do you go wrong there? Um, uh, along with him is Harrison Crow, the amateur who won the Asia Pacific. Well, we'll see what happens. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> um, Matt Fitzpatrick, uh, we got him. Uh, if the weather is bad, you know, it's nice to have a have a, a guy who's used to the English uh, blowing of the wind and the rain and the and the crappy weather. So, right. I got Fitz, Fitzpatrick. Uh, uh, we got a live bad guy. You know, a black hat fella. Who right? do you got? Brooks Kepka. Just one on the live last week. So wait a minute. This is part of your syndicate? Yes. Oh, sure. shit. Why did you bury the lead? Kepka's well, coming like off a win. win. You don't like Kepka at right. this thing? Oh, oh, within it, for sure. I mean, it's... And there is a payout in this... In this uh, um, what should we use the term? Our hypothetical Calcutta syndicate. There is a payout for, for a top live player, actually. Oh really? A little, a little a sub payout. Okay, all right, good. By the way, there's uh, there's 18, 18 live players in the field. I think eighteen or nineteen, something like that. There's like five or six champions. Exactly. That are live players. Nor- Norman said that if a live player wins, the other eighteen guys would join that 
player on the 18th green to celebrate, which sounded nice until you heard two other things that were news. One, well, two consider two other things. One is Norman didn't get invited to the Masters at all this year. (laughs) So that was quite the stiff job. And then uh, people were saying, so you're telling me if half the guys missed the cut, they're going to stick around all weekend long just in case they can <laughs> go celebrate. Like, that seems unlikely, but okay. A few fellas are going to be going on Friday afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. With no shame in their heart whatsoever. Okay, who else is in your uh, syndicate? I like uh, I like a double dip. So in the Brooks Kepka, I also got Francisco Molinari. Oh, that's a spicy meatball. Pretty good on the same week that the Super Mario Brothers movie uh, debuts to get Italian. And with Fitzpatrick, we got got KW's favorite guy, the big fella, Sepp Straka. Sepp Straka could be a real sleeper at 30 to 1. Um, the, 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 the pick that I, the couple picks I really like. Are Actually, whoa, 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 whoa. Did yeah, I say sorry, 30 sorry, to one? Sepp Straka oh, is 300, 300 to one. Right. Just add another zero. No big deal. Yeah. Math is uh, <laughs> not, not my, uh, not my strong suit. That, that's Kevin's boy. So I'm happy about that. I'm okay. with, with Straka. All right. So let's, um, let's talk about the yeah. basic odds. Uh, did you get all your syndicate guys out? I know Hoagie and Seamus, Seamus, I'm sorry. Hoagie and Seamus Power, I like those guys okay. a lot. If you want some under-the-radar picks, if the okay. weather blows, Seamus Power is pretty good. All right, slow down. Was this yeah. your syndicate? Just list your syndicate, then we'll talk about who we like. Yeah, well, they're in there. Yeah. They're in there. Ho- All right, uh, Rom, Day, Fitzpatrick, Kepka, Hoagie, Bubba Watson, Chris Kirk, Power, Molinari, Straka, Harrison Crow, the amateur, and Jose Maria. Jose uh, Maria, I think I lost my ball. Okay. All right, let's go through some of the favorites. My strategy, Danny B., on picking the Masters, if I'm betting it, is as follows. I pick one of the top five odds-on favorites. I pick one overdog. I pick two mid-range guys, usually between 12 to 25 to 1. And then I'll take three long shots just because they're cheap. You famously had Danny Willett when famously, he won. Danny Willett. Yeah, famously to our group, you had Danny Willett, which was a hell of a pick. What did he pay, by the way? 50 to 1, $1,000 nice. on a cool $20 bet. Nice, nice. Okay, so here we go. Scotty Scheffler plus 650 Rory McIlroy plus seven fifty, Rom plus eight fifty, and then there's a big shelf where the next guy is Spieth at plus eighteen hundred. So in other words, Scheffler basically six to one, McIlroy seven to one, Rom eight to one, Spieth eighteen to one. That's where they draw the shelf line. Why is Spieth not tighter to that top three? Um, well, Putting? because he puts he puts like Shirey. <laughs> he's, he, you know he's been struggling with the putt. I mean, he's he's great around there. He loves. He's got obviously he's got a lot of good memories, but he's got a couple of demons. I mean, the reason why Will it won is because he rinsed it twice. Yeah, it's true. Finau can't lay twenty to one each. I wouldn't bet those guys. Nice guys. I don't see him holding up the trophy come Sunday night or Monday. God forbid with the uh, possible rain. 
Justin Thomas, 22 to one. Why has Thomas not done better in this event? That's a good question. I don't know the answer to that. Uh, maybe they should call it the PGA Masters instead of the, just the regular Masters, and then he'll win. Um, right. Because uh, his only wins are the, are the PGA Championship. Jason he won the last yeah. one. Jason Day, twenty-two to one. Uh, you mentioned him in your syndicate. Love him. Dustin Love Johnson, him. twenty-two to one. Fuck yeah! I'm putting something on just Dustin Johnson at twenty-two to one. I like that. He was twenty-eight to one when we were in Vegas a couple weeks ago. Okay. Um, yeah. Big uh, long hitter. Yep. In the crappy weather. Love it. Xander Shoffley, 25 to 1. Nice player. I'm sorry. He does not have the edge to win a major. I'm not on I'm not on the Xander Shoffley train. Max Homa, 28 to 1. He is, of course, a crowd favorite. Doesn't have a great record at Augusta. That's correct. I think if I'm looking at the uh we'll do a little name drop here. A spectator guy that I just picked up yesterday when I was at the Masters. No big deal. Um Max Homa's best finish is T forty eight. Yeah, Colin Morikawa twenty eight to one. He too has had putting problems, which is flabbergasting to me because these young guys who are studs seemingly never have putting problems. Cam Young, the brooding big fella who smashes it thirty five to one. I'll probably put something on him. He's playing nice. Cam uh, Smith, the darling of the live guys, thirty five to one. I would put something on him. Although the conditions would have favored a fast, firm Augusta, which is more like the Australian sand dunes links that he grew up on, right? Yes, the sand belt. Your, your buddy Cam Young, his best finish uh, is a solid MC. I know. He's got very little track record there, but he hadn't. He's only been a thing for a year. That's the thing. He's only been a yes, thing for a year. Yes. Uh, Victor Hovland, nice forty to one. I wouldn't bet him with your money and Pete Rose pushing me to win. <laughs> Soft, nice guy though. Him. Super nice guy. Uh, Kepka, forty to one. Still wouldn't bet him. Willie Zalatoris at forty-five to one. He's back and healthy again. He was out with an injury for a while. I love Willie Z. Best ball striker on tour besides yeah. Sun Jian. And the two of those two are the, the best ball strikers on the tour. Right. And Sung Jay is right with him at 45 to 1 as well. Sam Burns. Love that play, by the way. Sam Burns. Oh, you like the Sung Jay play? Oh, my goodness. Okay. Yeah. Sam Burns, 45 to 1. Yeah, it's okay. Hideki Matsuyama, 45 to 1, who famously won it a couple years ago and did the, the hat doff on 18, which everybody loved. He's not been playing to form as of late. Terrell Hatton, 50 to 1. Love the guy. He runs too damn hot. You got to keep your wits about you at Augusta. Fitzpatrick, 50 to 1. Intriguing, although once upon a time, I would have said a guy like him would have thrived on a wet, long Augusta where you're going to have wedges in to 13 and 15, it looks like, because of the added length to 13. And nobody got home on 15 in two on Sunday last year anyway because of how they mowed it. But he's longer now, so I don't know. Fifty to one could be intriguing. Justin Rose, fifty to one. Mm, nah. Corey Connors, who just won last week, fifty to one. He's not going to win again. Tommy Fleetwood, fifty-five to one. Interested, Danny? No. Yeah. <laughs> Shane Lowry, Joaquin Neiman, fifty-five to one. I walked around with Shane yesterday. Um, he was playing with. Uh, uh, they had an Irish pairing. Uh, with uh, with Matt, who was uh, playing at, won the mid am at Aaron Hills famously last year. Uh, I did not. Shane didn't look great. He's been hasn't been playing all that great as of late. So 
hopefully he'll probably prove me wrong and and win them, I guess. For the record, last year Danny B caddied in the United States Mid Amateur Championship at Aaron Hills, and you caddied for an Irish fella who finished second, agonizing so agonizingly so in the thirty six hole final. Care to give that uh, young man's name out? Uh, it is a legend, Hugh Foley. Absolute and, legend. And had he won, would you have been his looper at Augusta? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I, I'll just say hopefully not, because then it won't hurt as bad. How, <laughs> how many holes did you caddy with him in that tournament? Oh, my gosh. Um, I, a lot. How many um, rounds? Think, Seven, eight rounds? I think it was it was the low, right? It was I think it it went to low did it go to sixty four? Was it low sixty four or low thirty two? I don't know. All I know is that uh it was a lot of you, rounds of golf. All, all the, you know is that you nearly died doing it and you received yeah. nothing but total consciousness in your deathbed. Well, we're gonna give it a we're gonna run it back at the US amateur this year. Okay. So we'll see what happens. All right, very yeah. good. Uh he didn't blame you for the loss, right? No, no, okay. we had a we had a great time. He's a he's a great young man, and hopefully, um, uh, I think he's going to hopefully turn pro here uh, late in the year and, okay. and dominate over in Europe. All right, uh, Tiger Woods. And he lost to it. By the way, by the way, real quick. Yeah. he lost to an, an equally great man in Matt McLean, who is yeah as fantastic a guy as you'd ever want to meet. And he met McLean is playing in the Masters this week. That's awesome. So it'd be awesome to watch the big cat, Tiger Woods, eighty to one. Somebody will bet him, right? For sure. I mean, his real right. It's as as you well know, and some of the listeners probably know, his odds aren't really eighty to one, but it's just to protect them uh, on all the money that comes in. He should be three hundred to one, but he's getting exponentially more money because he's tiger. <laughs> right. Patrick Reed, eighty to one. Yes. Uh, now we start to get some names nobody cares about or nobody even even knows, like. Uh, Ju Young Kim, eighty to one. Mito Pereira, eighty to one. Eighty to one. Like Siwoo Kim, like okay, like ninety to one. Keith Mitchell, ninety. Hoagie, a hundred mm-hmm. to one. Adam mm-hmm. Scott, former champ, bless his heart, can't putt to save his life, hundred to one. Louis Oosthuizen, hundred and ten to one. Answer Thigala, Bradley Peters, Gooch, Deshamba, one thirty to one. I'm going to cherry pick a few names here down the list. Okay. Is he even healthy still? I don't think so. Uh, Sergio, 150 to 1. Yes. Harold Varner the third, 200 to 1. Interesting play there. Gary Woodland, 200 to 1. Hasn't done anything there's since winning guy. the U.S. Open. But there's a nice guy who guy, gets though. it far enough, let me tell you. Yep. There's a guy who gets it far enough. Right. Uh, Jason Kokrak, another bomber, 250 to 1. Billy Horschel, I like him, 200 to 1. Bubba, past champion, 250 to 1. Uh, here's a name for you that I need to learn more about. Gordon Sargent, 300 to 1. He apparently is so long, people are just falling over talking about him. Who the fuck is Gordon Sargent? Gordon Sargent? Great, great question. Uh, number one amateur in the world. He played with uh, Matt on Sunday, actually, so I got a little insight for you. Um, Matt hits it pretty far. He's definitely around average. Uh, and he said that Gordon was uh, flying at 50 past him. Uh, Gordon Sargent's from Birmingham, Alabama, and he played uh, 
he is playing currently for uh, Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt. Yes. And Won the his, NCAA Division One championship. Okay, and he and his size is he a tall, lean fella? What's his uh, by? What's his stats size wise? He's, he's just not. He's uh, there's a picture of of him and the and the boys uh, last night at the amateur dinner, uh, and he didn't look. He looked like everybody else. Really? So it's not like yeah. he's a big dude. He's just he's got no. incredible speed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think one ninety something ball speed, just insanity. Oh my god, it's amazing. All right, anything else to add there, Danny B? Uh, you want a couple of sleepers? Just yes, the, please. For the folks, um, Min Wu is a nice sleeper at eighty to one. I like I said, I really do like Sun J M a lot. He's played very, very, very well at Augusta, um, and you know, I, I think the Masters is probably one of the easiest and none of it is easy. I'm like picking golf. It's not easy. It's not easy. It's picking UConn at 16 to one to win the tournament. Like I did yesterday, but who's, who's complaining? Okay. Um, but <laughs> what I will say is it's very, it's a lot easier to pick the masters because there's only like 25 guys that can win. Right. Right. You throw out the past champions that are a little bit too old, right. They can't win. You throw out guys that, that got a, uh, a nice win, uh, and then have struggled, but they're in the field, right? Because they, they're past winners uh, of, a, of a tournament in the last year. You throw out the rookies because the rookies won in a while. Uh, and it leaves, you know, a, a shorter group of folks. Um, I like I, I do like Chris Kirk a lot. He's been playing very, very well. He's got a great attitude. He's 100 and, what, 125 to 1 or something like that? Okay. Like, I mean, anybody can pick Scotty Sheffer, let's be honest, right? Yeah, but but trying to pick somebody and I there's a name or two that I picked that you uh, did not like. But uh, when I was in Vegas, um, uh, and it's legal there, by the way, in case anybody's listening, um, I did take uh, Hovland, Finau, and Cam Smith were my three picks. Okay, very good. All right, Danny B, good to talk to you as always, and uh, let's just pray for good weather, especially on Friday especially on Friday, the day that I'm going to be there. And I'll either be back on this podcast uh, to give some more picks at some point, or you'll never hear from me again because I was terrible. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right, buddy. I'll talk to you. Thanks. All right. Anytime. See you. All right, finally, I'll end with this. I don't write the news. I just report it. Headline, cork removed from woman's vagina three and a half years after sex play gone wrong. Wow. This, according to the Pediatric and Adolescent Journal of Gynecology, a Serbian woman is feeling much better after having had the cork removed after it had been lodged in there for three and a half years. It was a cork from a bottle of hairspray, believe it or not. Why not go to the emergency room to get that extracted? Shame was the answer. A self-initiated extraction attempt was unsuccessful. She did not ask for medical help due to her sense of shame and fear of judgment from the medical establishment, said the journal. 
Wow. Well, that's something right there. If you don't put that in a display case or perhaps in a bottle that you then mount on your mantle so that when guests come over, they go, what, what is that thing there? And that's when you tell them, well, we open up a bottle of wine and we'll see how the night goes. And maybe if it goes well enough, I'll tell you what that is once we finish our second bottle. Thanks for listening. Have yourself a great Wednesday. We will once again see you next time right here on the Zapecast. Watching any sport is a hell of a lot more exciting when you got a little something-something riding on the game. But what happens when the season is over? At my bookie, there is no off-season. NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, NHL, boxing, heck, table tennis, MMA, and more. If they got it, you can bet it. If the games are being played, the line is on the board at my bookie. Just remember, where you bet, though, is every bit as important, if not more so than what you're betting on. That's why I tell all my friends to go to mybookie.ag. Oh, but my state just approved it. There's a big whatever, or these guys are in the market. Nah, Johnny come latelys. You want to trust them? Trust the bookie I've been working with for years, my bookie. My bookie has been ahead of the game for years now. And why does it matter? Oh, I don't know, maybe a million reasons. Better lines, better payouts, less rules, you name it. Plus, you get a bonus with me at mybookie.ag. Use promo code Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo. That's promo code ZABE and get your deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. That's a free cash bonus for making your deposit. Use promo code ZABE to claim the offer. You bet, you win, and most importantly, you get paid with mybookie.ag.